Rising, rising, rising girls. Hello, dear listener. You're listening our Rising Girls Global podcast. We are from Rising Girls Global, an initiative powered by Dior and UNESCO, created under the program Women at Dior. We would like to support younger women aged 17 to 25 to land a job in one of five sectors. Business and finance, creative and arts, communications and PR, international and public affairs, and tech. In these podcasts, we aspire to share inspirational stories from younger women on their journey and amazing achievements at such a young age. You can be anything. There are a lot of choices. And we are here for you. Today we are meeting 25-years-old Evita Martha Devi from Indonesia, who is currently working as management consultant at the Boston Consulting Group. But before, she worked as research analyst at the World Bank and as research assistant at the Asian Development Bank in Jakarta. She holds bachelor's degree in economics from the University of Indonesia, and in 2018, she was Indonesia's national most outstanding student. Hello, Marta. Thank you very much for joining our Raising Girls Global podcast today. It is such an honor to host you here today. Hi, Vilma. It's my honor as well to be in the Raising Girls podcast. Thank you for reaching out. You have such an outstanding profile. You were Indonesia's national most outstanding student in 2018. But what did you want to become when you were a child? Did this change in your later years on? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. So when I was a child, I think... Most of the child has always give uh, get their dream jobs coming from their parents. So on that time when I was a child, my parents really want me to be a doctor. Um, I think if uh, um, everyone Indonesian hearing this, that's a really typical dream jobs that your parents usually give um, as a child. But yeah, like what you mentioned, um, this change, definitely. I'm currently not a doctor yet <laughs> and I'm not planning to be. So this change um, when I was in, I think, starting um, senior high school. So on that time, I started to grow and learn more about economics. I was into debating as well. Hence, I realized that maybe being a doctor is not my forte. Hence, I decided to go to the Faculty of Economics and Business. So yeah, dreams can change and I'm pretty happy and um, satisfied that now I'm currently a management consultant in BCG instead of being a doctor. Fun fact, I also wanted to become a doctor when when I was a child, but uh, it also changed uh, later on, and I also uh, decided to study social sciences, just like you. <laughs> I think lots of people really want to be a doctor, but only like few people pass the funnel and actually become one. Yeah, I agree, and it, it's such a... Um, such a difficult and at the same time very responsible uh, profession to be a doctor. So it is definitely not even for everyone. Correct, correct, correct. 
your academic background is linked to economics, as you mentioned, and you were a delegate in the model of United Nations, worked for international organizations. And what are your main takeaways from the work in the sector of international relations? Yeah, I think um, you're right. Like I was part of World Bank in my early days. So after I graduated, I was in World Bank for a year. And given that, I think it's a really fulfilling uh, journey, I guess. So because as, as you were mentioned, my background was MUN and I studied economics. So I, yeah, as, as an economics student, my boldest pas- uh, passion leads in poverty uh, alleviation, right? So given that um, working in World Bank has been a privilege and I think it really shows like um, how, a, how an international organization works, how does an economist in World Bank uh, does their stuff so that they can make a recommendation on policy in Indonesia. So it's really, really interesting. And if I can just give like one sentence on, on, on the takeaway is that I think international organizations for me is like consulting, but it's like consulting for the government. So to be honest, when they said that, oh, you're from you're moving from World Bank to BCG, that's going to be a really big difference. I don't really think so, because I think it's just a matter of who you give your consultation for. And in uh, World Bank, I work for social development units and poverty units. And on that time, I work in multiple projects, both like um, more on the analytic side and also more on non-analytic sites like project management. So I really, really learn a lot. And it's really fulfilling that you can give a recommendation at a very early age to the government. So yeah, it's really fulfilling. Really recommend everyone, uh, let's say, to at least try interning, um, at least try interning in international organization to see whether you really like it or not. And even though you had great chances to evolve yourself in the field of international relations, uh, you chose to continue your uh, professional career in uh, BCG. Mm -hmm. Uh, Why this kind of decision to work in consulting? Because uh, you mentioned before that uh, for you, there is not a big change in international organizations. You're consulting governments and um, and now uh, you're consulting clients. But uh, why this kind of decision? Because usually uh, I haven't heard of many people that are choosing consulting after international organizations. Yeah. Yeah, it's a really interesting and valid question. So FYI, even though like World Bank is my very full time, very first full time job, uh, fresh out of college, but my very first working experience is actually at BCG. So BCG was my very first internship. I was interning as a project specialist and and then a summer business analyst. So yeah, BCG always have a special heart in my place. So uh, 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 in my heart, sorry. So what I'm trying to say is that there are several reasons yeah, why I, in, in the end of the day, choose BCG over World, uh, over World Bank. And that doesn't mean that World Bank is less compared to BCG. But for me, there's two things. Um, I think number one is more on the career progression itself. So in international organization, 
usually um, people take their master degree first before they can join as a full-time, um, let's say, economist or full-time analyst in the international organization. Because in the international organization, they really, really value education background and experience. So most of the time, people that, that join the international organizations are already um, graduate, uh, postgraduate students, right? Which is quite important since they're giving like consulting to like um, uh, internet, uh, to like government. So that credibility is quite important and we really see it in let's say international organizations such as World Bank. Hence on that time, um, I decided to go with BCG. Uh, that's because more of the career progression because in BCG, we don't really take a look at the education background per se. So if let's say, for example, um, you join as an analyst and then you perform outstandingly, you will get promoted to associate, senior associate, consultant, project leader and whatnot. So th there, there's nothing really like about your education, but it really depends on your performance. Hence on that time, since I was still an undergrad student, I decided that I want to go to BCG uh, because I want to just uh, progress in my career and just gain more responsibility. And right now, right, I'm a senior associate. Um, and then this year, hopefully will become a consultant. So those things that I really take uh, into account, uh, number one is the career progression. And then I think number two is just more on the full package of the compensation and benefit. So I think in uh, no, no offense to uh, World Bank, uh, World Bank also provide a really good um, compensation and benefit and compelling uh, package. But in BCG, um, they really support us uh, with, uh, with other benefits, right? For example, if let's say you want to take your MBA, they can give a fully sponsored for that. And, uh, and then there's also some other benefits like um, the expenses on transport, expenses on lunch, etc. So that's one thing that I also take into consideration when choosing a career uh, is the total uh, compelling compensation and benefit. And I think last but not least, uh, maybe this is a bit personal, but it's more regarding the people. So when I was in World Bank, um, two of my favorite um, tax team leader or like what we call as manager in World Bank are leaving the country so they're moving to another country. Hence, um, yeah, I decided to just move to uh, BCG, given that the two people that I respected with um, just move, right? And yeah, I just want to go to BCG because I know people in BCG, uh, when I was interning before, they are pretty good people. They're really nice. And yeah, I really believe that uh, they can be a good mentor for me. So I think those three reasons why I decided to pivot my career from BC from World Bank to BCG. And that doesn't mean that I want to close my path to international organization or government sector like um, closely, but still, I just feel like I want to be a generalist and learn consulting first. Then this will definitely help to whatever industry that I want to take moving forward. And that is actually no secret that career in consulting might be tough. How mm -hmm. do you find balance between your professional and personal life? Yeah, so I think for me, it's all really about um, 
one thing to be honest it's really just about good time management and when i said good time management it can be divided into like several blocks right i think block number one a principle that i always uphold in my uh, daily life is that you really need to work smarter not harder um so this one i really realized early on that usually when i i was given a tax so in bcg usually we were given a module um i really just try to digest the modules into like bits and pieces and on that time i just think um, and split it into four parts number one is the task that is like urgent and i cannot delegate so that one i definitely need to do it by myself um and then there's a task that let's say urgent but can be delegated so that one i usually give it to my analyst or intern there's like some tasks that is really important, cannot be delegated, but it's not urgent. So I just usually find some time and block a calendar just for me to do that. And last but not least is that there's non-urgent stuff that, yeah, you don't really need to do at all. And that one, I usually just put it as a backlog and don't really touch it. So that's something that I have in mind, the mindset that you need to work smarter, not harder. And then another thing that I usually implement as well when I'm working is that to really, really sure like what is the end output of your work versus moving it like input and then output. I usually just think backward that it should be output and then input. What I mean by that is that when you're given a task, um, you really need to know like, okay, what are the key questions that you need to answer? And then based on that key questions that you need to answer, you already know what are the key activities that needs to be done. So for example, in BCG, there are so many, um, there are so many questions about, um, let's say, for example, um, the market size of something. Um, and then we just need to think, right? Okay, how do we calculate the market size? And then based on this like label, do, um, is, um, do we need to get an internal data or do we get a secondary data and whatnot? What is your favorite productivity hack for young professionals? Productivity, productivity hack. hack. Okay, so for me, my productivity hack is actually pretty simple. Um, I don't really use like so many applications, but... I re the, the, the best application I use for my productivity is Outlook. So I really like to ensure that my schedule is really clean and tidy. And even on weekends, I still use Outlook. I still um, block some time for me to go to the gym. I still block some time whenever I want to go lunch with friends or even just want to do some uh, expenses, uh, let's say for for expenses like in BCG for my personal expenses. So that's one thing that I really like is that I just like to block time to, for me to do something. And since I really know myself and I'm already pretty self-aware, I already know like, okay, for a certain job, how many times, how many hours do I require to do something? Um, so that's one productivity hack. Another second productivity hack is, I think for young professionals, is to never ever, um, compensate your personal because of work i think i think that's one thing because like for me those two 
what needs to go in tandem right like you cannot sacrifice your personal life because of work and you cannot for, uh, sacrifice your work because of your personal life for example and um the way i do it is that to ensure that you have some time you know like okay for example today do you want to be someone let's say marta as a public speaker that goes to an event and you know try to achieve my personal kpis or do i want to be marta that is more of a consultant so yeah something like that sometimes you just need to block your time and really really know like um what do you want that day uh, it's also pretty similar when i said about personal and also work sometimes um personal things happen like for example your parents got sick or let's say you need to take care of your significant other and therefore you need to skip some hours of work and that's totally okay then just do your role let's say as a child or as significant other um and then your work and follow um that's a, that's a mindset that i always have as well and the last question what career advice would you give to your younger self yeah um i think if i can talk to my younger self um number one is that don't stress things i think everything in the end will work out um and yeah just believe uh just do your best and let god do the rest i mean it's a really simple quote but looking back sometimes we try so hard to do something we tried so hard to force fit something that maybe is not meant to be right um but i actually learned now that if you just you know whenever let's say let's say choosing a career path or trying to get promoted to in a in a place just do your best and if it is your um if, if it is yours um somehow the path will just open up so i think just don't stress things uh, because in the end of the day, um, career is not a sprint, it's a marathon. So it's really okay for you to take some break, uh, maybe fail or fall a bit. But then always remember to get up and just remember that the journey is a marathon. So you just need to get up and get back on track. Thank you, Evita. Thank you very much. It was such a pleasure to be with you today and have a wonderful chat about your career. No worries, Vilma. Happy to also join this session as well. Thank you very much for listening to Raising Girls Global Podcast, hosted by me, Vilma Luisa Gertan. Today's episode was written, researched, and edited by Rania Daliani and me, Vilma Luisa Gertan. Design for the podcast was made by Elvira Manik. Raising Girls Voice by Martin Rienek. Looking forward to your company on our next episode. Rising, rising, rising girls!